Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Hi, I'm Dan Benedictus and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to our guest and here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is comedian, actor and writer of new novel Jane is Trying, Izzy City. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that intro. So, Izzy, uh, you join us on what is kind of, I suppose, a blustery day. It's a good day for sort of sitting indoors ranting about things we hate, I suppose. Yeah, it's really it's really weird. It's like sunny for five minutes and then immediately pouring with rain and really windy, isn't it? Yeah. It's quite like when I went to Cornwall, this is exactly the whole the weather. This is in my head, this is exactly what Cornish weather is like all the time. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's great beach weather, isn't it? Yeah. This weather. It's just what you want. <laughs> sand blowing in your face along with leaves <laughs> and um, um, just I mean despite the sort of weather putting us in maybe like an appropriate mood did you find it easy to compile your list of of dicks for today I found it easy to do the food drink song and film an animal especially the animal um but I found it harder to do the dicks and I think that's because I I absolutely hate the idea of upsetting anyone so I thought a few people including my mum, I hate to say. And even by mentioning that, I'm sort of (laughs) potentially upsetting her. So I'm hoping she won't listen to this. But not because she's a dick, but just because it would be really hard to be stuck on a desert island with her, I think. And she'd probably think the same of me. But I thought I can't actually choose her. So yeah, I, I, I found it hard to. But what I've done is I've taken the qualities that annoy me about people and um, I'm able to talk about them without upsetting anyone. But in your head, you can know who it is and get the satisfaction yes. from, yeah, okay. <laughs> Who's going to be the final dick joining you on the island? So the final dick, because I don't care about upsetting myself, is me uh, <laughs> when I was younger. So specifically about 14. Right, okay, good. Why were you such a dick? <laughs> well, I so the first thing I used to do, and I, it feels harsh to say this is dickish behaviour, but it was certainly twatish behaviour, <laughs> is that I would basically, because I was the youngest in my year, Oh, she'll blame my parents for when I was conceived. <laughs> I basically used to do anything that anyone told me to do because I was always like trying to kind of catch up. So like they dare me to do stuff and I would just do it. So I jumped off a bridge um, in the middle of the park when I was like 13 or 14 um, into running water. And it was raining and the water looked deep enough to just swim to the side because it wasn't a really a deep river. And the bridge was pretty high. It was probably about 15 feet high. So I jumped through the air. All my friends ran away apart from one girl called Erin Condren. And I'm so pleased she stayed. And um, I landed. I had bright red hair. And it was like all in front of my eyes. And I was like, my eyes are bleeding. My (laughs) eyes are bleeding. I've gone blind. And I was like, oh, no, it's my hair. And then I... (laughs) But because the water was actually much shallower than it looked from the top... 
my left foot landed at right angles to the ankle and I broke it. So I couldn't walk home and had to be wheeled home on my then boyfriend's skateboard. And then there was a lot of hoo-ha about how did this happen? I said that someone pushed me in the duck pond. Then he found out and threatened to beat up my boyfriend. So I was like, wove this web of lies basically about how it happened and then in the end just had to be like someone told me to jump off a bridge and I did and everyone was like why and I was like I don't know so um I don't want anyone like that on the island yeah fair enough yeah because I think as a parent like your natural response would be like what your friends told you to do it and if your friends told you to jump off a bridge would you oh no you did (laughs) Yeah, you did. Like that was, damn it! I can't even use the classic. On you. I know. I literally did the what? What's it called? Um, a proverb, I suppose. I carried out the proverb. You could have found me with a rolling stone trying to gather moss the week afterwards. Like, yeah, it's so weird. It was like literally did the thing that that is used to illustrate the fact that you shouldn't do the thing. Um, and it took ages for. So I was on crutches for six weeks, and. Um, there were loads of things like I'd never been on crutches and I never have since actually stuff like I went to McDonald's in Derby and because of the crutches I couldn't reach my tray like because Mm. you have your arms through the crutches and I distinctly remember being like I can't reach my tray and the woman (laughs) had to push it towards me like being on an island with any 14 year old would be difficult oh yeah for sure my teenage years are so bad because like sometimes you'd have a all right conversation but then sometimes there'd also be a child again and like you're just you'd just be wincing at yourself and you'd be like just let it go it's going to be okay you won't care about this in a while but you just got to watch yourself doing it and sort of going hey do you want me to jump off that big thing over there like I'll climb up the palm tree and like don't even though that would be quite useful right now yeah you're so right because 14 is like in some ways you are quite independent aren't you but you have also got that streak of like not being aware of danger I think so mm. and sort of bitch suddenly being mardy like I would be I was so kind of like oh the world like nothing is real like uh, I wrote loads of songs and they were all just like so angsty like about boys that would never go out with me and like um so, stuff like the children of tomorrow like just me- <laughs> doesn't mean anything so yeah. like if I was on the island I'd just be with my guitar it would be even mm. worse like just playing <laughs> songs that only contain the chords d g and a um again and again um <laughs> maybe a bit of e minor if people were lucky but I was always trying to get like I was like I live in a small town I'm so bored like I used to write loads of poems about like breaking free and stuff um and kind of fantasize about like getting out and I moved out actually when I was 17 to my best friend's house and um, then just moved back like two months later when I realised that I couldn't cook and stuff. But <laughs> yeah, I think teenagers generally on the island it would probably be difficult. But I think I was, I, I was also always trying to do whatever I could to kind of be rebellious within the boundaries that were set for me. For example, like my parents were quite strict about me like going to parties and stuff. Hmm. But um me and my friend decided to stay up for as many nights as we could without the aid of (laughs) anything except coffee. This is when we were 14. I smoked then. So we just got really, really drunk at this kind of um, local conservative club type thing on a housing estate. (laughs) Then went back to her house and were like, let's stay awake all night. This is the first night. We drank loads of instant coffee and smoked all night and managed to do a whole night. And I started to feel really sick. And then (laughs) like... 
I went home and mum and dad were like, what's the match? And I was like, I've been up all night. And they were like, drugs, drugs. And I was like, no, actually, just Nescafe. And then the idea was we were going to do it for three nights, like an experiment. And then I just like started crying at 9am and went to bed. I just think it's so fucking hard being around teenagers. And, yeah. yeah. When you look back on being a teenager, I think you think, I don't know about you, but when I do, I'm like, oh, I was with my mates all the time. I had a really nice boyfriend as well for a lot of my teenage years who was like a little bit older, but so nice. Like, I remember it being like a real laugh, but actually Mm. it wasn't like that at the time. It was like me going, oh, my black eyeliner is too thick today. And, (laughs) you know, mum told me that I couldn't go to this gig, Ned's Atomic Dustbin. And and those things are actually really real just because now they seem superficial they really weren't at the time were they no definitely definitely yeah oh man yeah i'm so glad i don't have to do that again or yeah. it, i have to watch my kids well yeah exactly <laughs> we've had kids so <laughs> <laughs> and here to share their desert island dicks with us today is comedian sindhu v how are you doing hey man i'm doing good i'm doing good i'm uh it's a nice day you know yeah so feeling positive uh, you know, I was reading today about how there's six seasons, mm-hmm. but there's two micro seasons, microclimates, and they're the ones inside you. And they're either Hi. happiness or sorrow. <laughs> and I was like, that's deep. Yeah. But that's why some people on a nice day, they're like, ah, everything's horrible because their microclimate that day is not very happy. So mm. my microclimate is happy today and the outside climate is good today. So we're like laughing. Okay, good. Well, I hope I'm not going to sort of ruin it all by getting you to talk about things and people that you hate for an hour no, or so. No, I love to talk about things I don't like because I get to vent. Okay, good. So we're, good. we're coming in with this with a positive attitude. This is nice. I like this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I'm going to try and join you on a, on a level of positivity as well as we wade through and uh, fill this island with, with crap things and people. But let's get straight into it then. Who's going to be the first person joining you on the island today? Okay, so the first person I would hate to be stuck with is um, Russell Brand. Russell Brand, okay, right. Now, uh, I mean, he's a very divisive character, but what is it about him that uh, you find particularly annoying? He's one of those people who thinks he knows a lot and doesn't stop to say, do I? He just opens his mouth and it all comes out. And at the moment, he's on some Eastern religion guru trip, mm. which as an Indian, is you hear him talk and you think... No. <laughs> we have a saying in Hindi, which means after eating a hundred rats, the cat decides to go on a pilgrimage and we have to hear about it. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> so Russell Brand is like, whatever, you know, you've done all these things. You've never really talked about those things or you've never, you're just such an attention seeking person. And now you've decided to, I think it particularly annoys me because he's glommed onto Eastern philosophy, but he talks about it like he's discovered it, like he is the Buddha. Mm. And I just think what level of hubris does it take? Plus imagine being stuck on a desert island with him. Yeah. And me having to listen to what Eastern philosophy is trying to teach us. I mean, I would drown myself. <laughs> I would just start swimming into the sharks. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird because it's sort of like, at what point do you kind of, you hear Russell Brand make a few points about Eastern religion. You kind of think, okay, that sounds interesting. And then at what point do you just sort of go, rather than finding out about that for myself, I'm going to continue listening to his take on it for ages. Surely you kind of, if, if any of it pricks your interest, you kind of go, okay, I'll, I'll do some reading on my own. I'm not going to continue for him. I don't want him to be my guru. It's like, you know, it's, he's the wrong, it's the wrong place to look. Yeah, and I mean, the amount of sanctimony, mm. you know, and it's like, well, everyone can talk the talk, but are you walking the walk? Yeah, yeah. And also, 
why are you why if you listen so obviously i've seen it because it's been on my twitter feed and then i've immediately fixed my twitter feed but so that i don't see it but if a per, if you are listening to russell brand question is a why and b if he starts talking about eastern philosophy and you think well that's interesting your first response should be this is not right mm. let me turn this off and kind of rinse out my brain by reading some basic eastern philosophy do you know what i mean yeah 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 it doesn't make sense yeah it, and, and it's just very annoying i think as well it's sort of so odd like the idea of someone using a huge youtube audience to sort of talk about you know like i don't know i haven't seen this re this recent sort of incarnation of him but like so i don't know which bits of his eastern philosophy he's picking up on but it seems slightly at odd with my understanding of certain elements of it to sort of be using it to like increase your level of fame that uh, you know that seems a, a bit counterintuitive just I mean, yes, that does. But, you know, on a desert island, I guess that would be that would be part of what you would know. But on the island, if he started saying things like we're here, but we shouldn't be in the ego. And I'd be like, shut up. Like, I, I don't need to hear this from you. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I, you know, the idea that a lot of Eastern philosophy talks about going inward and keeping your mouth shut. Mm. But it's not the bit he's interested in, I don't think. <laughs> you know, and he's sort of come upon it like, I have this great knowledge to impart. And can you imagine how incredibly annoying that would be? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's kind of like, let me tell you about this great journey I took. So it's not about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And I mean, I think, I think if you want to talk about your journey, that's fine. But then let's hear about all of your journey. Mm, yeah. Not just the bits you want to present. I might have said this before in this podcast, but um, there was a time I was working at a radio station where he was being interviewed and I was in a sort of separate room behind the glass and I was with all his kind of flunkies and his entourage. And like in the interview, it was round about the time he was doing the kind of revolution sort of era, you know, and he was like, we need a revolution, but still don't vote. But, you know, we need a revolution. Oh, yeah, yeah. And like in the interview, he was coming across fine. Like he didn't say anything that was particularly crazy either way. I was just like, okay, you know, it's all right. He'd been through the mill a bit and he was being okay. But I was in the room with all his hangers on. And every time he made a point, even though we were in a soundproof separate room, they were going, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, oh yeah. Yeah. And it's like, like, I know that you probably do this all the time to show that you get him more than the other person that you're working with. Like, but he can't like, just shut up for a minute. And so I always wonder, it's like, are they still there? I just imagine like, maybe that's part of the problem. Like he needs a cull, you know, but he's been into this sort of persona for so long. Like these, these sort of people are just going to be there forever. And it's like, you're not helping him making it worse exactly i don't th i would really not be able to cope if those people came to my island as well by the way this is my island yeah yeah fair enough just being clear about that yeah i think also as well he has that sort of thing of like you know when he had a child he's like oh it's the most extraordinary amazing wonder and yeah. you're like look you know like obviously i haven't given birth but i've been present at my wife's birth and a lot of it was fucking horrendous. Like, she's pregnant again now, and I'm not looking forward to the next bit. You know, and it's like, of course, it is an extraordinary thing, but like many things in nature, it's fucking <laughs> brutal as well. And it's like, of course you had to feel it more than me. It is. And I mean, you know, why are you not understanding that? Why are you not understanding that? And also, why do you have to come upon everything as if... Why do you have to sort of preach? Mm. Just have your baby. Yeah. Just become a Buddhist. Why do why do you have to talk about it like you know more or you've had, you know, yeah. why? Because I just think, you know, like, okay, it's great to be able to see the beauty and everything. But at the same time, 
it's not really helpful kind of hearing how amazing and spiritual you found this birth. What it makes me feel is worse that I didn't feel, you know, I was just panicked and scared the whole time, you know. And it's like, and I think yeah. it's more useful to hear people being honest going, well, I felt like this. But afterwards, it was great, you know, because we've got this lovely baby. But, you know, it gets a bit rocky sometimes. Yeah. And also, you know, constantly showing the world this kind of beautiful, wonderful side when and not all of the sides mm. for anybody you know you want to see the whole picture yeah if you're going to talk about it, talk about the whole picture i mean i suppose you're free to talk about what you want so that's maybe not so important what's important is the whole vibe of like allow me to share with you mm. it's like dude we already know <laughs> you're literally the least knowledgeable person in my in my circle mm. when it comes to any of this and as for childbirth i've had three pushed them out so <laughs> Uh, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just weird. So yeah. He'd be very annoying. Very annoying. And here to share their Desert Island dicks with us today is Ellie and Helen, a.k.a. the Scummy Mummies. Hello. Hello. Hello to you. Yeah, so we're having a nice chat and then there's a very formal bit, which I kind of think sometimes puts a fence in the middle. Yeah, no, it doesn't. I know I like it. I like okay. formality. Oh, good. We're in Britain, James. Yes. I've, I've realised that you have to be more formal as an Australian. And Ellie is my guide. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're very honoured to be on your podcast because um, not only, you know, do we have a lot of people who we think are dicks, but we're also dicks. So yeah. I feel like it's a good fit. Oh, welcome. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one of our catchphrases is kick it in the dick. I yeah. mean, we're, we're very dick focused. Oh, you're, you're yeah. very much about to kick it right in the dick, I think. <laughs> not yours, hopefully. <laughs> no, I'd we'll love see it how we did. go. I'd love it if you did <laughs> <laughs> I think we're getting on well so far. Okay. Uh, the so, handman's tale. There uh, we go. Thank you very much. And who's going to be a second choice? Sexist text. Sexist yes. text. That's a hard thing to say. Okay, we yeah. Sort of, so we've been doing our hugely successful live comedy show for about six years now. And over that years, we've done hundreds of shows. Mm. And we've worked with so many techs who are sexist assholes that we kind of couldn't pick one. So we sort of, I don't yeah. know if we're allowed to put them all on the island or if we've sort of, We've sort of oh, you, yeah, you definitely of, yeah, can so put a group of people. Frank, yeah, a sort of yeah. Frankenstein's yeah. monster. Can we can we, we paint a picture? Usually uh, in the latter years of their lives, so sort of, you know, maybe 50 plus. Yes. A little bit overweight. Mm. Uh, very, a t- slight hint of bum crack. Yeah. Slight hint <laughs> yeah. of hairy bum crack. Yeah. Some trainers that are at least 10 years old. Mm. Always some sort of smell. Could be bad breath. Could be just a general musky odor. A whiff. Too much yes. coffee or BO. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. A very faded black T-shirt because he's a techie. And that's that bit yeah. greasy haired mm. uh, and... and Thinks that he is funnier. He's got the he's got the bants. He's okay. got the jokes. Yeah. Okay. I got one for you, ladies. Uh, yeah. yeah, and and speaks to us like we are five. Yeah, and we mm. don't like it, James. We get no. Oh, this has been happening since our first ever show, which was six years ago this month. Yeah, in um, Lewisham, and we had this guy, and he had this huge fucking dog that was like a horse, and used to come and lick our pops. <laughs> it was revolting. Well, the horse dog was called Abba. Yeah, it was so strange. <laughs> And yeah, drooled all over everything. Oh, oh gross. Everyone's he, a horse dog on this stage. Yeah. He'd come in and make jokes about getting his wife an ironing board for Christmas, and we'd just be like, oh, <sighs> go fuck yourself. So there was him, then there was a guy, that guy, That's that gross. terrible bad breath guy who, um, it, it was in a weird pub and we he gave us a corridor to get changed in and then weirdly kept having to come in the corridor oh, while we were on. taking our no, cat suits no. on and off. And uh, and he said, Don't worry, I don't mind. We're like, We, we fucking do, do. Yeah. we stood there in our bra and pants. Oh, Hashtag wow. we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was him, there was oh, the other Greenwich guy, man, professional Greenwich man who um he provided these microphones and one of them was really terrible and it was like 
noise. And I was like, ah, oh, this microphone's whistling. Have you got a spare? And I was perfectly nice. And he was like, what are you talking about? There's nothing wrong with that microphone. And I was like, no, literally, I've got ears. Um, <laughs> and he was like, no, that's, that's, there's nothing wrong with that microphone. It's, it's an industry standard microphone. And I was like, there's no such thing as an industry standard. What is this? What are you talking about? Yeah. And also, like, I've got, like, a similar microphone. It's from fucking Maplin, which tells you how long ago this was. Yeah. So, look, I won't go on, but you get No, this idea. is good. I mean, yeah. uh, I like, I'd like to act surprised, but I'm not. It's just uh, I've, I've encountered a lot of these people. <laughs> and they like to drop. We have had, oh, do you remember that one in uh, New Crossgate? Was, he kept going, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I want uh, tech for Stuart Lee. And he just kept dropping names. We're like, that's yeah. great. Okay. Can you make the microphones work, please? <laughs> yes, I perform comedy on the same bill as Stuart Lee. Go fuck yourself. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <clears throat> he took that well. So, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we have also had lots of nice male techs, usually the younger lads. Like we had a lovely lad in, Al- in Alistair in Edinburgh who ticked off. Oh, show. He, was, he was like a little angel, like a little elf. Little... He was so sweet. Yes. Oh. So, and we've had lots of brilliant women. Not techs. all men. I think this is what we're going. Is this Hashtag we're... just those men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to so... use that when I tweet about this okay um okay yeah i think i've got the type i'm sorry that that's happened to you so many times well yeah you know, next time you're at a meeting of the patriarchy yeah just have a little word please. when the, me and Bit the other blokes get together i'll yeah. just say guys if you could just stop just doing that scummy mummies all oh, yeah. right sorry sorry james okay yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah. As if they listen to me. Let's focus on the, you know, the sexual harassment, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. things like that. What's great is as well, they really won't get on with Kirsty Allsop. They no. wouldn't. No. That would be really awful. Just to, like in a good way. you'd sit back and watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Be... It'd be like dog fighting. I mean, Although they'd probably agree about Brexit, and then we'd all have to kill ourselves. And they also <laughs> all hate women. So there's that. <laughs> uh, apart from that. Oh my god! <laughs> it's getting dark. Uh, it's on the getting island. bad. Yeah, I know. It often sorry, does. Um, no, no. Don't be sorry. I, this is my fault, if anything. Um, <laughs> I. Uh, oh my god! He, kn- he knows. I know. I know. Um, okay. Anything else about these sexist texts before we put them on the island? No. Okay, great. I think, I think we've, we've said I think enough. I feel, I feel cleansed now. Yeah, I feel like I'm just in a massive. I'm, I'm just going to say I'm never going back to the Winchester Theatre. That's there was a terrible man the there. The Winchester Theatre, <laughs> not Winchester. What am oh, I saying? No, we love Winchester. Oh fuck, sorry. The Whitstable Theatre. Oh, there was oh, a man. Whitstable. It was, it, love Whitstable. I love Whitstable too. Love seafood, but yeah, yeah. The, the tech at um, Whitstable Theatre. I'd, he didn't like. Well, he didn't like me. Did he use the tech or the theatre manager? But yeah, no, he didn't like. He didn't like you. And and another one who came into our dressing room. Uh, without knocking. Oh, sorry. Just need, didn't even say sorry. Just, just need to get something. Just need to get something. So really, need to get my fist in your fucking face. Yeah. Anyway, please do it next uh, time. Yeah. It's worth it. <laughs> You'll make national news. And here to share their desert island dicks with us today is actor, comedian, and writer, and one half of the very funny Ellie and Natasha. It's Ellie White. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you very much for that stunning introduction. <laughs> You're very welcome. Thanks for coming on. It's lovely to have you here. You know, we're having a nice time here. You seem like an upbeat person. You like to make people laugh. Do you find it easy to rant about stuff? Are you, are you someone who likes to vent about things? No, or? I don't. You know what? I Actually, a lot of things do make me angry, but I find that halfway through a rant about them, I'll feel really um, anxious about what that person or that thing like might do if I if they hear that I'm like angry about them for instance like when I was thinking about this I was like actually for me the worst situation on a desert island would be on living on my own Mm. like being on my own on a desert island because I, I would be my only company and I can create 
horrendous visuals and like horrendous like things that might happen very quickly. So really like me is probably the worst person that I could take to a desert island um, because of my like severe sort of like absolutely implausible fears that like, I don't know, there's going to be a demagogue that's going to come out. Like that film Castaway, that would be like my worst, worst nightmare, worse than being with other people who are kind of mad. Mm. I mean, you can you can pick a version of yourself if you want. I mean, that's allowed. It's, it has happened before. So I I used to nanny a lot when I was kind of like starting out as an actor and like I did many, many, many jobs. And I used to nanny this little girl who was about seven, I would say. And she was a bitch. <laughs> she was such a bitch but like not in a like badly behaved way in a way that she found my insecurities and played with them like a cat (laughs) with a mouse and it was terrifying like she she was god i mean all of mine are just like weird scary people but i feel like children if they don't like you have a way of like getting to you so much quicker than an adult mm. so much quicker because they're supposed to be sort of innocent so that, so i don't know like my cousin quite recently she was like you've got a big spot on your nose and i was like yeah she's right <laughs> i do have a spot on my nose and like no other adult would point that out but she has and it's because they they sort of say what they see. Yeah. So like she would do sort of like really manipulative things. Like she would be like laughing at everyone else, and then she would look across at me and like thin her eyes and like Ooh. evil me. Oh. And it was out of control. And also her dad used to have like a wall of knives. He'd <laughs> 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 yeah. have knives. I really hope that. They don't listen to it. I'm sure she's lovely to now. This was years ago. But he had like a wall of knives and he used to, I mean, this is probably like false memory syndrome, but all I remember the kids eating and he ate was chorizo. <laughs> and like the knives were always like cutting up like bits of chorizo. And there was like chorizo stews and like chorizo in the cupboard. And like all they ate was chorizo. Yeah, she was just terrifying. And she'd just be like, or if I try and make a joke, she'd be like, you're not funny. Wow. And I'd be like, oh God. <laughs> she's completely right she's completely right but it's like children i think find a way of getting to your soul very quickly so i think a child on a desert island doing that would crush my spirits so quickly that um i wouldn't know how to how to live definitely yeah and also we've got the thing of being adults so we can't just like they go oh you've got a spot on your nose it's like you're short and unemployed what you know like you can't but i find myself doing really underhand stuff like that like do you remember that bit in Bridesmaids where she has that argument with that girl and the girl's like, you're a fucking, you're a loser and you're, you're working in a jewellery shop. And she's like, well, you're a cunt. <laughs> Do you remember that bit? And it's so funny. And it's like, that's all I would ever want to do. Just be like, shut the fuck up, you little cunt. And I obviously could never do that, otherwise I'd get fired. And I needed the money. But that's all you want to say. You're like, well, you don't know anything and shut up. And But my com- comebacks were always awful like she'd be so much better at them than me she was like so clever and also I think that you you feel like kids should just like love you and be grateful for your help and your care and when they're not it's really shocking 
<laughs> or I find it really shocking because I find kids really sweet. And when they're not sweet, I'm like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. I'm, I'm out. Yeah. I'm spent. Your comebacks to them are still a bit guarded. You can't be completely unguarded like they are to you. They'll just say, I'm going to say everything, you know, anything I want from the, you know, the vile pit of my vile little mind. But, you know, you still kind of think, well, it has to be okay enough that if they repeat it to their parents, it's like, oh, no, that was just funny chat. Yeah, you can't be like, your haircut's fucking shit. And like two years ago, you were shitting yourself into a nappy. <laughs> like, you can't say that. And here to share their Desert Island dicks with us today is comedian Joanne McNally. How are you doing? I'm good, Dan. How are you? Not bad. Not bad. Thank you. Now, mercifully, amongst the wreckage of the plane, there was some food and drink left over. Mm. Unfortunately for you, it's your least favourite food and drink in the world. What are they and why are they so bad? So, I mean, it's... Th- do you know what food I hate? Now, it's unlikely that it's going to fall out of an airplane, but mm. um, soft poached egg. I hate a runny yolk in an egg. It makes me want to gag. Oh, really? Okay. But I love hard poached eggs. Oh, right. So I'd, I'd say I'm the polar opposite of you egg-wise. Yes. Well, I think most people are, and that's why I, I struggle so much, she says. <laughs> the struggle, <laughs> the egg struggle in London is real. I spend most of my time sending back eggs. Now, it's not a, it's not a massive complaint, but it's a nice <laughs> position to be in, to be rocking around sending back eggs. But I do, London just doesn't list, like, I don't think English people understand. I think they think I don't know what I'm saying when I say <laughs> rock hard eggs. They're just like, she's silly. She doesn't understand. And yeah. I and when I crack, when I put the knife through it and it runs, A, I get filled with anger and I want to physically gag and I have to send mm. it back. <laughs> and they just won't give me hard eggs. <laughs> it's disgusting, that yellow bile shite and it runs over everything and infects all the other food and everything's just yellow and gloopy and ugh. But I find it the same with like, if a hard yolk still kind of gets everywhere and it's sort of like a paste. I don't know. But... It does! It stays exactly where it's supposed to. <laughs> I, well, it would more than the yolk, obviously, because it's liquid. So that does make sense. Um, okay, so just so, so runny, runny eggs. Also, I mean, apart from anything, the idea of eating runny eggs on a beach <laughs> is just. I'm I'm always horrified when I see on beaches like people eating burgers and chips and all. I'm like, I don't know. Like, there's certain like, t- like your temperature. I think. Say, for example, say for the drink bit, right? And I was like, mm. what drink would I hate to drink on an island? Now, I love red wine. Mm. Like, I love it. I wish it was water. Like, I wish that that was what we used to hydrate. But if it was warm in any way, red wine suddenly to me is toxic. Mm. Like, I'd rather drink the belly of Chernobyl than drink red wine in the sun. <laughs> I suppose you've got a sort of... Oh, you mean if the weather's warm in any way? Yeah, imagine sitting oh, on a Hawaiian island. Because red yeah. wine is usually served kind of room temperature. Yeah, because I was going to say, you've got a higher operating window with the temperature of the wine. But you mean, the yeah, the ambient temperature of the island, yeah. Sometimes I microwave my red wine. Wow. <laughs> I'm quite the sommelier, Dan. I'm quite the sommelier. Sometimes <laughs> like... I microwave my little red wine. Or so poor man's mulled wine. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I'll give it an L blast in the micro if it's a bit cold. How hot do you go? Maybe give it like a minute. That's quite hot. Yeah. <laughs> That's warmer than I... I thought you'd say like 10 seconds or something. No, I'll give it a minute, yeah. It'll be bubbling, wow. away, it'll be bubbling away in there. <laughs> but then it's like, like, like I say, the idea of 
my palette I suppose it's everyone's the same if mm. depending on how the heat outside my palette completely changes so yeah you're right who in their right mind would order runny eggs on a beach yeah. you eat yeah. calippos and you drink rosé or like deliciously cold gin and tonics or mm. like some sort of concoction out of a pineapple um, they're the things you drink and eat on beaches but do you know what else I absolutely see I'm a bit of a pig there's not a lot I don't eat um, mm. But you know what I don't eat and people just can't understand it. And I don't know why either. I don't like pizza at all. So, oh, really? Yeah. So I'd f- it just feels completely pointless to me. Like it doesn't make me gag, but it's just a giant moon shaped, like one. It's like just a toast with meat on it. I just don't get it. <laughs> don't get it. So if, me, or if, so if uh, uh, runny eggs or pizza fell out of the plane, I'd be raging. Okay. And I mean, you know, uh, even if, you were in a class on the plane that was you know if you're first class they could probably do you a runny egg but um it's still not going to be that great so you know it's and i yeah, like just having... airplane food i actually quite like it i think it's always really exciting i love the way they give you no choice whatsoever <laughs> just yeah like... i quite like that i increasingly i find the amount of choice just exhausting in life and you're yeah. like oh why why are there 30 types of washing up liquid just give me something yeah. green in a bottle you're on um, a plane they're like you're having a ragu and you're like i'm a vegetarian they're like you're not anymore and you're like okay fine <laughs> yeah i just yeah i just think the idea of any eggs i mean eggs every day anyway is is isn't pleasant i think and then yeah runny eggs on a beach every day bit gritty and you think oh god there's some shell in it no it's just all the sand i remember again. seeing a i remember seeing a photo of Kerry katona once on a beach and it was obviously set up so i i what the what the celebs do from what i can tell is they put on a they put on a load of weight then they go out to like Benidorm. They bring photographers with them. They get intentionally photographed looking like shit, mm. eating shit on a beach. The photos go somewhere. Then they get a they get a trainer and they release a fitness DVD in time for Christmas or whatever, right? That's what yeah. they do. That's like, obviously, it's kind of like a little money-making plan that they have. And I remember seeing this photo of Kerry Katona on a beach and it was nothing to do with her or her body or anything like that. It was nothing to do with that. But she was eating this burger with chips and loads of ketchup with mayonnaise. And I was like, no. Yeah. At least go yeah. into the shade. Like it was in the roasting hot mm. heat of the day. I was like, nah, you need cold shit on the beach, hot shit inside. I mean, come on. You don't have to be Nigella to figure that out. <laughs> that's the basics. That's, yeah. That's the basic. Put it on a tea towel so you don't forget. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so uh, runny eggs on the beach. And then um, are you saying, so for your drink, are you saying sort of uh, red wine? Red red wine. I couldn't drink red wine in the heat. It's and it, Red wine makes me very sleepy. And mm. there'll probably be a lot of work to do on the island. Like, yeah. you know, building yeah. shit. Um, another drink that I, there's a couple of drinks that make me, just you know like smell is one of the strongest triggers of memory so sometimes when I smell a drink it reminds me of a time in my life so I can't stand the smell of aftershock oh god yeah yeah because it just reminds me of obviously being on nights out when you're young and drinking yourself into like oblivion and mm. the smell of it and like every, it's spilt everywhere because everyone's just pissed out of their face and it's you wake up and it's on your clothes and yeah I occasionally sometimes if I have mouthwash I'm, I get a little gag and I'm like why is yeah. that and I'm like oh because it's like the memories of aftershock my body doesn't know the difference anymore yeah exactly um what else 
oh was this oh yeah when I was in I went I worked in Spain I worked in Fangarola for um like three months you know I did like a summer season there I worked for Lineker's pub just mm. like flyering and getting people in and mm. we all we did was drink vodka diet coke vodka diet coke and it was just the smell like if I smell a vodka diet coke now I could probably it's probably so long now it's about 10 years I could maybe stomach if someone was like if it was all there was if I went back to someone's house and like all I have is vodka diet coke I'd probably do it but that's a recent development again mm. we drank it every day for three months oh man and the smell and it yeah. was really cheap coke it was called like Revoltas I think it was actually called Revoltas uh-huh. and it was always the ice was it was so hot and it was always kind of warm and ugh. oh man that's horrendous yeah again nothing something you don't want to drink warm as well isn't it it's yeah yeah bad bad diet coke and, yeah. and vodka and cheap vodka as well which is yeah disgusting i think it was like a skull and bones on the front of it no it's just vile i mean all the signs were there weren't there for you you know revolt revolt us coke and As skull a 21 year old you're illiterate to signs can't read signs yeah you're like how can enough. i get pissed for a fiver that's literally your only concern yeah i remember with aftershock we used to get because there was a red and the blue which was sort of one was a bit hotter one was a bit cooler like one was more menthol one was more cinnamon mm. and we used to do purple aftershock so you'd have to have a double shot and mix the uh! two and i remember there used to be things that for some reason some twat had decided that when you did a purple aftershock you had to like you had to do it and then hold it in your mouth for 30 seconds first. And then, da- like, it was just, how many fucking stepping stones? Can I not just, you know, if you're on, like, a stag or a hen and, like, they're like, no, you've all got to drink this all day and you've got to drink it in this specific way. And you're like, look, guys, I'm absolutely up for getting shit-faced. Yeah. But can I just do it with nice drinks? I'm yeah, still going to yeah, end yeah. up being sick at the end of it. But can I have a gin and tonic or something, please? Like, can I get to the same destination in a slightly different route, you know? And also, I suppose when you're older, when you're younger, you go out with the aim to get pissed. Like, that's why you go out. Mm. Whereas now you're like, oh, actually, I don't want to get pissed because I'll be like, I'll feel shit. And like, but I shots, I don't, I wouldn't, like, I just wouldn't be into shots now mm. at all. I mean, if the objective of the drink is to get rid of it as fast as possible, it's probably not that nice. I can like... drink wine like a shot. Like, I'm grand. Like, I still mm. can drink with speed. <laughs> And here to share their Desert Island dicks with us today is actor, writer and team captain on the Do The Right Thing podcast, Margaret Caborn-Smith. How are you doing? Hello. Well, you know, I'm all right. Um, (laughs) A friend of mine said recently that when she asks, how are you? She just assumes everyone is a sort of base level of shit. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, so yeah, shit, but also, yeah, okay, not bad, not bad today, <laughs> given that, given the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just sort of, I don't know, I take my sort of mood on an hour to hour basis, so. Yes, you know. yeah, yeah. I remember um, reading in a, in some sort of AA handbook, I'm not AA, but, uh, <laughs> but someone's saying, well, you know, they say take it one day at a time, but sometimes that's really really a long time mm. a day yeah <laughs> so yeah hour by hour is much much better yeah see how i'm doing next hour <laughs> well people sometimes go oh you're sounding quite upbeat today i'm like 
right okay well that's that's good now i wasn't <laughs> half an hour ago but uh, yeah. and i might and not I be won't make... be yeah. in half an hour <laughs> <laughs> exactly. well done for catching me in this window yeah. and uh, so <laughs> how did you find uh, bearing our sort of mood and everything uh, in mm. mind how did you find the process of compiling your list of dicks today well uh it was i i took it in the spirit of hey things could be worse <laughs> You know, so in that way, like imagining this situation has been very good because it makes me appreciate the the three people I do live with, you know, because there's a bit of like there's a bit of me that thinks, well, however bad these three people are, at least they're not the same three people I have seen for 24 hours a day since March the 22nd. Um, so, no, it's um, it's been good. I'm sort of thinking it would be nice to have the desert island weather. Mm. Although we, that's not necessarily good, is it? No, I mean, in my head, I always picture a sunny scenes. kind of desert island mm. with palm trees and stuff. So, yeah, uh, let's say we'll give you that. Well, we, you know, you can oh, at least thanks. have that. I mean, help. with that yeah. obviously comes things like sunburn and tropical insects as well. So, yeah, you know, exactly. a... and I will. I, I mean, I the last time I went to Italy... I think my record was 102 mosquito bites wow. okay. <laughs> at one time. So, yeah, yeah, not looking forward to that. <laughs> but, you know, that'll be distracting from the terrible conversations that I'll be forced to have. Yeah, well. Food, etc. Now, Margaret, fortunately, you won't be without entertainment on the island. Oh, my God! <laughs> the Plains Entertainment System continues to work, but just your luck, it only has two working settings. One is your least favourite film of all time and the other is your least favourite song. What are they oh. and why? Well, okay, so um, The Blair Witch Project, mm -hmm. which is not a bad film, I don't think. Well, I know that actually some people do think it's a bad film, but I think it's an amazing film. Mm. But I am not cut out <laughs> for <laughs> it, especially on a desert island. Um, I, Although a friend of mine, when he saw it, he, he's from the countryside, and he was like, oh, that's just, you know, that was just a generic Saturday night out uh, <laughs> in the countryside for me and I'm a real city girl and I was terrified way before anything frightening happened like mm. opening opening credits I'm scared mm. and I knew by the way I wasn't one of those people who went along not knowing what to expect mm. which in which case I would have been utterly terrified you know they sort of set it up as a real as real footage yeah. and whatever I knew it was all fake um, but I was super terrified and in fact when it came out a bunch of my friends went to see it and I said, I'm just not seeing it. And I said, I tell you what, if I ever get a boyfriend, I'll see it then because then I'll at least have someone in the bed next mm. to me. Um, and then I ha it happened to come on television when I did have a boyfriend and he was indeed staying over. And I was like, oh, it's like, well, this is, you know, this is fate. Let's watch this. And um, about 10 minutes in, I turned and I said, this was, this was a mistake. This was a mistake. <laughs> and um, the bastard uh when we went to bed i he'd gone into the bedroom first i went in and turned the lights on and he was facing the wall oh. i don't know if you know the film <laughs> but i mean <laughs> it's just not just not okay and i didn't sleep at all that night and i really like my sleep yeah. so i don't i don't want to be watching i actually don't think i might watch it once in the morning when it's all bright and i can't stand listening to those three chatter yeah it's just such Bye. an uncomfortable i mean obviously it's meant to be an uncomfortable watch and i think that was one of mm. those films where like at the time it was like no this sets a new benchmark for there was so much sort of <laughs> yeah. hype around it wasn't a lot there? of hype think, a lot of hype i think i heard something about what do you think of it i've only ever seen bits because i'm a, a, a right. massive scaredy cat and i hate good I hate, so I know yay the sort of, high five i know what it looks like 
but yeah. um, I haven't I haven't watched it all because I don't like it. It scares me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like scary things. Well, this the whole thing. The whole thing is that um, the the rumor about this witch was that she would make before she killed she would kill people one by one, and that everyone else while they were waiting to be killed would have to face the wall. Right. Okay. So that's why my boyfriend doing that was so <laughs> utterly terrifying because that's one of the last shots of the film is that you open a door and you just see one of the mm. characters facing the wall. Although. It's quite hard to face the wall in a woods, so I don't know how they. Well, no, would there just was face um, a tree or something. <laughs> no, they, yeah, that's just someone having a piss. Yeah, that's not yeah. scary. Um, no, it was they did get to a. They found ah, a house okay. or a shack or something. Yeah. That's where. Yeah. That's where that is. I I think I heard like a story once by the one by the main woman in it, and she was saying that um, as part of the sort of mythology around it, I th- at the time of the release, they sort of pretended she was dead and stuff, and it caused her all kinds of problems oh, in her real life because people oh, like God, that's so awful. Yeah, can't get any money out of the bank. <laughs> yeah, just people thought she was dead, or like it just sort of caused a loads missing of missing, or yeah, just loads of hassle and and strife she didn't need. You know, when you think I'm a young yeah. actress, this is like my first massive film. Yeah, loads exactly, of and I bet. Exactly, and I bet they got paid like a hundred pounds for it as well. Mm. You know, she won't have been raking it in, yeah. however much money it made. But I think even if you watch yeah. it in the daytime, at some point, you know, it will be nighttime, and that's what I don't understand no. about scary films. It's like it doesn't matter what environment I see it in; that's still in no. my head forever. So yeah. when it is dark, no, but don't you have like palate cleansers? Like if you watch something a bit scary before bed, then you have to watch a Seinfeld or a Thirty Rock yeah. just to get you back into that mode yeah, before but then you go to bed. It will still come back into my stupid brain back. at oh, some point. I saw Shallow Grave, and I was very excited that I didn't have nightmares that night. And three weeks later, I had a full-on you know the whole night was just scary dreams yeah. about the worst scene mm. in that but i'm super i'm i don't like so my level of scared right is that um i this came up as a memory for me on facebook the other day where i um i was lying in bed um you know was ready to go to sleep and my husband whispered something that sounded like buck reed and i said what did you say and he didn't say anything and i said no what what did you say? And he didn't say anything again. And then I, then I became terrified. And, um, and I was like, no, seriously, tell me what he said. And he said, he'd burped and said, pardon me, but I hadn't heard it. And I said, oh, I thought you said Buckreed. And he was like, well, what's that? And I said, but I don't know, but it sounded like the beginning of a scary film. Like some dystopian scary film where someone says something. He goes missing and then someone in the street walks past you with Buckreed. Yeah, thank you, thank you. That's exactly Buckreed. And anyway, and, and so we had a bit of a laugh about this, but then we tried to go back to sleep and I kept going, I know what you're going to do, but please don't do it. I'm really scared, I'm really scared. And then there'd be another pause and I'd be like, please don't say it, please don't say it. And he very sweetly didn't say it until the next morning. But even the next morning, when he said it to me, I was scared. My daughter, who is a pale Victorian child of a of a person, um, she she would whisper it to me, and she put it up. You know, like the letters in the bathroom. She spelled it out on the bathroom wall. And I and I was like, well, this is where we are. I'm scared of a word that nobody said. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> but it's true from now on. I mean, and someone texted me from a phone that I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Buck Reed. 
Because people found it so hilarious. <laughs> That's the thing, because the word is getting funnier and funnier as well. Exactly. <laughs> and it's, it's, there's something about it, isn't there? There is something. And another friend of mine made a movie poster <laughs> with, with Buck Reed, with a, like, a child standing over a gravestone. And I'm genuinely a bit scared. Ah, old Cynthia Buckreed. Yeah, <laughs> she died 50 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and my friend Dave Reed said he's he's going to call his, if he ever has a male child, he's going to call it Buck. <laughs> and imagine, and I would be scared of that baby. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's amazing. <laughs> OK. It's, yeah, that's where we are. And here to share their Desert Island dicks with us today is comedian Tanya Moore. How are you doing? Hey, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. We were just That having... was a nice intro. That was nice and quick and snappy. <laughs> I like that. Good, good. I was just saying, before we started recording, we were talking about how it's kind of... So I've got very loud, okay. loud cars out here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were talking about how uh, it's sort of the day after the election in america so we're trying to sort of be upbeat yeah. and and uh distract ourselves from it a little bit as i said it's a scary time i just don't even know what to do anymore mm. you know when you're just like i don't know how to feel so i'm just gonna stand still in the middle of this storm and hopefully and open my eyes it's over and everything's back to normal yeah i think that's about as much as you could hope to achieve at the minute i think if you manage that then we're doing all right so Nightmare. Yeah. Okay. Now, fortunately, you won't be without entertainment on the island. The plane's entertainment system continues to work, but just your luck, it only has two working settings. One is your least favourite film of all time, and the other is your least favourite song. What are they and why? Least favourite song, Fong Song, on mm, repeat. Yes. Fucking hell. Oh, man. Oh, my God. That or anything from Nelly. Oh, my God. Yeah, same ballpark, Hate- isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just same kind of non stop. They say about seven words throughout the whole song mm. on repeat. He says thong song something like 36 times or something in that fucking song, yeah. if not more. So, and I just don't see the point of it. It doesn't make sense. And he's five foot one. <laughs> Nothing about this makes sense. Maybe that's why, because maybe he's like the height of an ass. So maybe that's yeah. why he's he's sort of thinking about it so much. He's just closer to that area. <laughs> yes. That's all he sees. He doesn't see boobs. Yeah. He just sees ass. <laughs> I've always yeah, hated hate thong, thong song. And I remember when, like, so I grew up in Leicester and in the 90s, like, I, I was really into hip hop. And in Leicester in the 90s, like the only place you could hear hip hop on the radio was uh, Tim Westwood, right? So I used to listen to yeah. him a lot. And Friday, Saturday nights, it was, you know, it was like an event, you know, and record loads of it and everything, get good hip hop that way. And I remember yeah. lying in bed, listening to it as I went to sleep, and Thong Song had just come out, and he played it three times in a row. And I was like, am I, have I gone mad or something? Because like, it's not even really hip hop, you know, it's more sort of exactly. like a party R&B tune. And yeah. Westwood did a triple rewind on the fucking thing. And I was like, are you insane? Like, When it came out, everybody was like obsessed with it. Then they started wearing dragons because Cisco wore dragons. And then it became a thing of like dyeing your hair blonde and just like constantly that da 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 It's like, no, this is, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. I hated bongs for a long time as a result. <laughs> I just made a stand and just started wearing knickers. <laughs> I just think we should not be condoning or entertaining any part of this at all that's the thing like you know i have 
obviously, as a straight man, I have nothing against looking at ladies in thongs. But as soon as, like, I have, like, a jingle that goes with it, if I see a woman in a thong, you're spoiling it for me. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, oh, there's a woman yeah. in a thong. Oh, God's sake. Yes. It's like... It's ruined. I hate going to the beach as a result. Everyone's in a thong. <laughs> <laughs> And that should be and a pleasure. What I hate experience. the most about that song is when it comes on, I really feel like an alien because I'm literally the only person not getting excited by it. Oh man, I'd join you. I, you know what? We go out together and when it comes on, we just hit the bar because I, yeah. I. And it was one of those songs, like you say, like everyone liked it except for. Yeah. It felt like I was the only one who didn't like it. And yeah. you know when you feel so out of sync and you're like, it's more annoying because it's like, what is everyone seeing? Why don't they understand? Yes. Yeah. I felt like that about Black Street No Diggity as well. Okay. Oh. I'll tell you what's interesting. I I, for some reason recently, I looked that up. And if you look on the cover of it, they're all dressed like painted decorators because they've all got white yeah. dungarees. It was that sort of era. White dungarees. Yeah. And they're all sort of like, you know, two of them are crouching, two of them are standing up. And they just look like they've There's finished. always the crouching. Someone has to, if it's not crouching, is it even R&B? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it just looks like they've finished a hard day painting and decorating. But um. <laughs> And here to share their Desert Island dicks with us today is comedian Lucy Porter. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for coming in, Lucy. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, do you know, it's been, I've really enjoyed listening Mm. to the previous episodes. And finally, the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals. Which animal is it and why? I feel, I mean, I presume everyone says this. I haven't listened to all the um, episodes, but cat. Cat? Cats, yeah. Oh, cats. Okay, yes. This is... Okay. Yeah, I mean, how popular is this? Should be this is top three of answers, right? Yeah, cats yeah. and dogs, cats yeah. and dogs, cats and dogs. Because what else do we know? Mm. We live with them. Mm. So I mean, I will just add to the voices of people saying cats are my. I have two cats, and I love them, and I would go to the ends of the earth for them. But mm. they are massive dicks and so useless. Like if you're on a desert island, they are entirely self-serving. Um, you know they they have absolutely no even for cats our cats are fairly standoffish and selfish um and i know that they would eat me in a heartbeat i know they do you would think do so absolutely. if you went though just absolutely god they don't care we go away and our neighbor comes in and feeds the cats and plays with them and and she's like oh you know it was so lovely they were so pleased to see me every day and oh but i'm sure they've missed you they'll be so pleased when you come back and absolutely it as long as they're being fed i think it makes absolutely no odds to them who's doing it and they wouldn't care if we died tomorrow really i hate to say it but that is kind are they, of are they are they are they the kind of cats that will sit on your lap no. and cuddle up no no and they want nothing to do with us apart from feeding and uh, and then also to uh, we in my shoes that's the only the joy that my cats derive, derive from yeah, really? and I, they're weeding the shoes no when I went to the vet because one I, bless now I am being I'm being unnecessarily harsh for comic effect right I okay. do genuinely love these cats and right, I okay. wish them no will and I'm sure mm. there is a degree of affection on their side but I was very concerned because one of the cats I've got um, some silver Nike trainers that I bought off eBay and I love them mm. and um the one of the cats weed in them and I and I was concerned and I asked a cat loving friend and I said, Oh, you know, I don't know why she's sort of upset or, you know, and they said, Oh, it's probably another cat's moved into the neighbourhood or something, you know, is stressing her out. Um and then I washed the shoes and it sort of got the smell of cat wee out and then uh, I went back to them and realised she'd done it again. 
And so then I thought, okay, well, look, this is clearly something. There's a problem. So I brought a litter tray. They don't have a litter tray anymore. They go out in the garden. But I thought, well, I'll bring a litter tray back because obviously she's nervous about something outside. Mm. Um, So the cat, who was nervous, uh, then refused to use the litter tray and just continued to wee on my shoes. The cat, who was absolutely fine, midnight, who absolutely has no fear of anything, he then started doing all his number ones and number twos in the litter tray. And he is a big cat, so his poo is like human feces really? now right wow. so I'm now stuck with I've got sorry everyone <laughs> if you're having poo. your tea while listening to this, but I've got like this sort of reeking litter tray oh, no. um, I had to throw away the silver Nike trainers in there because I was like there's just it's no just way yeah, so yeah. I went on eBay and I got another pair of the same ones bring them into the house and I will leave you to fill in the rest. No. Yep. She just there's something about them. There's something it's about those shoes. To that she really likes. <laughs> Imagine thinking, I really want to wee on that. <laughs> <Yes>. You know. <laughs> and it's specific because I have other shoes, you yeah. know, and uh, she leaves those alone. But there's something about those particular shoes. And now I'm thinking, well, I don't think she was nervous. I think she just really doesn't like these trainers. She's like, I'm Reeboks, I'm Adidas, I don't you know, yeah, I don't do right, Nike. Okay. Um maybe she's concerned about sweatshop conditions or something I don't know but uh, she anyway and now I'm thinking well I didn't need to bring the list tray in because frankly she's fine mm. but now I'm thinking well if the other cat now is relying on anyway okay oh my god and they're just evil they're just horrible animals yes. and they bring just, in I, I genuinely think you're right because I think that they don't care I think it could be anyone yeah right it could yeah. be like whoever as long as they're being fed and someone's giving them something to drink yeah they don't care because they're probably being fed by a bunch of other people in the street anyway absolutely they have no loyalty whatsoever but what I think is good about cats is that I think I because I really do love them like I really genuinely would be devastated when anything happened to them I love them and I imbue them with sort of human characteristics and I I, you know I, I give them so much and I get nothing in return and I think that is a really good lesson in life about the nature of duty and love. Mm. And that's what I sort of think is good for the children is because it's all very well having a dog who's great fun and who loves you. And, you know, but cats, it is all about sometimes you just have to love. Right. OK. And that is its own reward. Yes. OK. And, you know, so that that's what I think is good about cats. But uh, on a desert island, worse than useless. Yes, absolutely. And to be surrounded by them for the rest of your life, it'd be... Yeah, Awful. you'd be scratched. Yeah, that's it. It's a bit. <laughs> Weed on. Where do you sit? Yeah, no shoes. Yes. Um, Lucy, thank you so much for coming in. It's been such a pleasure. It's been brilliant. I feel like it's been therapeutic. Has it? Good. And I feel terrible now about all the people I said were dicks. And oh, I, do you? Yeah, well, I do think, you know, you're putting it out there then, aren't mm. you? And mm. I wouldn't want any of them to sort of hear about it and feel bad. Thank but you so much, Lucy. You know, such a pleasure. Know that I am the biggest <laughs> 